Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Worship Q&A podcast. I'm Dwayne Moore. Each week, we try to answer questions that worship leaders are asking. This week, we have a special guest with us back again. His name is Herb Armentrout, and he will be talking to us about how to be sensitive to others in ministry without becoming vulnerable to the point of discouragement and defeat. This is a very needed topic that many of us deal with from week to week because inevitably we're going to receive negative comments and situations of how do we deal with that in a positive way. Herb is going to talk to us about that. He was in one of our sessions for our coaching program just a few weeks ago, and we have already featured him on a couple of our podcasts from that interview that we did with him in the coaching program. So this is another excerpt from his interview with us. Before we get to our topic today with Herb, first I want to ask you to pray for us because as you're listening to this podcast, we are most likely flying over to Africa. We fly out this week and we start a worship leader intensive school in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe. We have leaders, pastors and worship leaders and church leaders coming from six different countries all converging into a retreat center in Zimbabwe where our team will pour into them for a full week. So please pray for that event. We are so excited that what God's going to do, we believe it's just going to be phenomenal. So please pray for that event as we start that later this week. If you haven't signed up yet for our next phase of coaching, you need to get involved with that. What are you waiting for? I'll tell you, it's going to be awesome as we do this online classes each week. We also will help you with a personalized growth plan for you and your team. So this is a valuable resource for you. Please check it out. Go to our website, nextlevelworship.com, and click on the training tab for more information. And while you're there, look at the intensive that we are offering in Louisville in October. Sign up for that. I promise you, you'll be glad you did. With no further ado, I want to bring Herb in now to talk to us about being sensitive without becoming vulnerable. One of the reasons it's so critical that we have this, um, that we're worshiping in our heart, and I, and I didn't, I hope I didn't communicate that we're approaching music in a slipshod fashion because we're all about doing things with excellence. But if there's not a heart engagement, if there's not an expression of praise that's visible outside of ourselves, Amen. then the people who watch us on live stream or come to our worship services and who are lost and looking for hope see no difference in our faces, our worship expression. They're saying, I don't need that. I already have that. So if it's not happening inside, we can't express it outwardly. So we're constantly going back to the core. Why, why are we standing in front of our people? Um, and if, if we are standing up there, we've got to evidence life change. Because if we don't, the music means nothing. It's Amen. a, it's a repetition of notes and rhythms and, and words that is disconnected. Let me jump track a little bit, and I just will bring in PG from India just a little bit into the conversation. Uh, PG uh, is here with us tonight, and uh, it's 6.30 in the morning for him or whatever time it is now, but he's very faithful to be here every week, as is our other folks that get up in the middle of the night from other countries. But PG uh, is, in a, is in a church that doesn't have actual worship team that leads, if my understanding correctly. People just start singing yeah. within the congregation, and that basically how it works. PG, 
And so, yeah. so you know, it's easy for a guy like PG to go, well, how does this apply to me? I don't have a team. Now, he actually does. He has an amazing band that plays at youth events and, 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 and other things. But, I mean, within that church setting, PG doesn't really have a team. Uh, so I would say, how do you apply this to your church in general? How do, how do you, from the from the platform, or, or, or how would you encourage a church that, that uh, to, to grow spiritually through your through what you're doing, Herb? Not just your team, so to speak, in a rehearsal setting, but on Sunday mornings. Well, on occasion, we remind folks. Um, uh, we talk about the text, I and mean, we we don't. It's not the same level. We just um, we. We talk about our expression in worship, um, you know, when, particularly when we when we read scripture. We talk about how God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it is vital and dynamic. And so we don't read it pedantically. We, mm. in fact, we'll sometimes we'll just stop reading and just say we're not. This is not what God desires. It's the way we're reading this right now. And so mm. um, we're, we don't ever do that in a ugly or critical no, no, way. But no, we no. really encourage folks to participate. Yeah. And regularly at the end of our worship services, um, not regularly, but occasionally, I will just say, I will remind folks, the measure of our worship is not what just transpired in this room today. The measure of our worship is what is going to happen outside the walls of this church as we live out our worship. Wow. So whether you that's raised great. your hands or whether you shouted or whatever your expression of worship, that's great. Measure of our worship. But it that's truly good. is borne out. And so we try and connect that. And then we encourage folks to, um, we talked about, um, Worship being a celebration of God's mighty acts. And so I think just slipping things in and really trying to keep the congregation involved in that. Um, congregational involvement is huge. We, we okay. try to plan in such a way that people can engage and feel comfortable because if, if it's above, if it's uh, the level of musical range or rhythmic difficulty that would prohibit yeah. their involvement, then we've kind of cut them out of it. So all those things are kind of a part of helping, maybe helping our folks. Wow. I had an opportunity early on in my ministry, um, working with an organist. She, she was definitely right in the top of the team. And this was my first church at a seminary. And this woman, um, was, um, So hateful uh, to me, and she'd been there a long time before I came, and she was determined to last to outlast me. And uh, so I didn't use the organ every. Um, so I'm going to kind of go around a little bit to describe what God taught me, and maybe I could just share with you. Um, if she didn't get to play on everything, she was uh, upset with me. She would scowl at me from the organ bench. And anyway, it was just a difficult situation, and it kind of peaked one Sunday afternoon when she and her husband stood in the hall and shouted at me. The thing that God impressed upon me in regard to the answer to your question is that um, people act the way they do for a reason. And what God quickly taught me without, or it wasn't even, it was just a realization, I think, that came uh, just through reading God's word. And, and that is that there was a great deal of pain in her heart. And so understanding that the pain is what um, she was responding to. And I was the uh, recipient of all of that angst. Um, was that if I could, if God would empower me, and he did, to respond every single time with respect and grace to her, um, then I would be able to minister to her effectively because that remained my goal was ministry to her and allow God 
to flow through me in grace is not easy. I would just say that it's a constantly coming, constant coming back to the Lord. It's difficult because the in our churches um, and with our teams, the thing that makes us the best minister is our sensitivity to the needs of other people. It also opens us up. It makes us vulnerable to the the uh, the darts that people throw at us, and many times those are hurled at us in our very most vulnerable times, pre or post worship service, or maybe um, at the end of a long rehearsal. I would say. Um, a continual reliance on God's grace, continual um, remembrance that we are absolutely all depraved and stinkers and uh, and offering that same grace to them. Amen. One thing that I think has also helped us to, um, to be intentional about loving the people who are socially um, peripheral or awkward or... Um, taking steps to uh, love and engage them allows a lot of folks in the choir to know that it doesn't matter who they are, how they act. Um, We're family because that sets the tone because if other people see us respond in kind to folks who are hateful to us, then they don't have a prayer in terms of being accepted by the balance of the the team. And I think not avoiding uh, time alone because that was one of the things with some of these folks over the years is to sit down with them instead of just skirt the issue or choose another hallway in the church when I see them coming, is to invite them to come sit down with me. If I can discover the need, whatever it is, it's emotional or whatever, really try and minister and love them in the middle of that. As always, Herb Armantrout has blessed us and encouraged us through the teaching today. And again, we're reminded that it requires the power of God and the Spirit of God in us to know how to deal with people and how to lead our people on a week-to-week basis. So thank you, Herb, for your words of wisdom. If you have a question, something you would like for us to answer on this podcast, please shoot us an email at office at nextlevelworship.com and we will try to answer your question as soon as we can. Thank you so much and we will see you next week.